How are we doing guys? Welcome to the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast with your host, me, uh, Michael Lindsay. Hope all is good and you had a very mindful week uh, following on from last week's podcast. So some great feedback from it and a lot of people got um, you know, a lot from it, which is great. And it's great to, to hear, one, that people are listening and um, two, that they're... Um, you know, adding in some of these resources and little tips into their daily, into their daily day. So uh, yeah, thanks for that. So the title of today's podcast is "There's Nothing Wrong with Being a Dreamer," and that's what we're going to discuss over the coming maybe half an hour or so, forty minutes um, about dreamers and how we're all dreamers. Um, we were all dreamers at some stage. Uh, if we're not now, we were as kids. We all dreamt of being something or being someone or doing something occupation-wise. Um, sometimes we lose that that sense as we grow older. So we're going to talk a little bit about dreamers. Um, then we're going to go on to a little bit about the impossible is possible. And sometimes we shut ourselves down from doing stuff because we think we can't do it for a number of reasons. Um, then we'll talk a little bit about challenging our thinking because we don't challenge it enough we just see our, th- our thoughts as as real as as real facts when when they're not um and then we might do a little exercise then at the end um which i will explain as we go so we'll jump straight into it so what i'm going to start this podcast with is a poem okay and this poem is from mary angelou uh, you might have heard of her she was you know a, an acclaimed poet activist, autobiographer, um, I think she passed away in uh, 2014, I think, in, in her 80s, but an amazing woman, and you've probably seen, I've popped up a few quotes from her before, um, my quotes of the week, but also, um, you know, my podcast, so uh, I'm going to, this one's um, called, uh, a poem called The Cage Bird, so I'm just going to read out the poem, and then um, we'll discuss it then, so it goes like this. A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current ends and dips his wing in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. But a bird that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied so he opens his throat to sing. The cage bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still and his tune is heard on the distant hill for the cage bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze and the trade winds soft through the sighing trees and the fat worms waiting on a dawn bright lawn and he names the sky his own. But a cage bird stands on the grave of dreams his shadow shouts on a nightmare scream His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The cage bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still, and his tune is heard on the distant hill, for the cage bird sings of freedom. So pretty pretty amazing a poem, I think it was around 1983, and a lot of stuff in there that we can relate to in our own lives how um you know the cage bird was you know was singing um of things unknown and what he'd longed for um but he couldn't get out of the cage 
so whereas the free bird was able to to float on the breeze um you know eating worms on the lawn um whereas that cage bird was standing on the grave of dreams so you know he his wings were clipped feet are tied so he's just tied down to a life um that he doesn't obviously want he wants to be free like the free bird he wants to soar he wants to to see the world um but his his wings are clipped and he's in this cage in this cocoon that he, he can't get out of so pretty powerful um a pretty powerful metaphor really for life for some of us where we we feel like we're with this cage bird um and it's kind of like a border you know you've got borders around countries um they're generally controlled um you know they're sometimes manned by soldiers or authorities or you know it's it's mainly to keep either the unwanted out but also to keep you know if you're talking about north korea and places about keeping their own people in so you know this can lead to people becoming isolated they can come to the sort of belief system that anything outside of these walls is bad and grotesque and they are better off inside where they feel safe so sometimes that propaganda is put upon them there's well you know there's no point you going anywhere else like sure this is the best country in the world you know so you know it's, it's it's you know it's that ideal of okay it's best to follow in your father's footsteps and dream small and aspire to be no higher than anyone else so that was always the thought you know you don't want to be you know too big for your boots or you know um you don't want to be up yourself and all this type of thing so you're told to keep your dreams small and mediocre so um you know you're you you know you're you know you're not going to be disappointed so sometimes that's done out of love um sometimes it's done out of spite so um you know whereas you find your you know you stay in your little comfort zone where you feel most safe and it's sometimes where the magic happens is outside of that zone so it's very tempting to live in the zone isn't it it's very tempting to live in that safe place um you know everything's fine we're, we're on the edge of the cliff we're not jumping into the abyss or into the unknown so why would I go anywhere else, do you know? And I was kind of similar when I went off on my own travels. I was very, um, wasn't really that confident. I went off around the world in 2009 and um, eight, was it? Or nine, one of the two. And, um, you know, it was way outside my comfort zone going into hostels and I travelled on my own. I was a solo traveller, didn't, you know, uh, didn't know anyone, um, had to make friends, had to speak to people. So however what's come out of that when I got out of the cage that I was in and then I've opened up into this whole new world it literally changed me in so many ways um again it's cliched and I spoke about it before how people come back from traveling they're like oh it was amazing and do you know this and that but um personally the journey I went on not just physically but uh mentally was massive so you know and I wouldn't have done that if I because people remember people saying oh yeah because I always to say I'd like to go traveling they were like oh yeah 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 you won't do that you won't do that um you know you're always talking about it but you'll never do it and then when I did do it they were like well you know I didn't think you were going to do it um and then when I said I was going to Bangkok um for a, or to fly into Bangkok to do a month in Thailand um again 
my mum, because I'll be a mummy's boy, um, she was more full of worry. And then she was probably watching a few too many episodes of Banged Up Abroad. And she was like, oh, Jesus, you know, you'll end up in, you know, someone could put something in your backpack and, you know, you could end up in some prison. And I'm like, <laughs> then uh, everyone was saying these things like, oh, you've got to be safe over there. You know, watch where you're going. And you start to kind of believe the the the, the narrative. And it's... Um, Whereas I didn't have any problems when I was over there. So sometimes you believe in what you hear um, and you are kept in that cage like the birds. So, um, you know, it's that kind of, you know, a lot of people think it's kind of like, oh, don't gaze at the stars because you'll probably fall over a stone. So that's a nice little way to think about it. You know, and the other way we can think of the stars, look up at the stars. And, you know, that quote I put up by Les Brown, you know, shoot for the moon. And if you miss, you'll end up in the stars. So, you know, whereas that is kind of sh- shutting that down is, is, no, don't look up. Don't look at the stars because you'll fall over something. So it's that other viewpoint, which is um, which which a lot of people do have, unfortunately. So it's that kind of blinkered approach, you know, stay safe. You know, don't put yourself at any risk. Um, I'm not saying these people are bad or evil, but, you know, there's fear there. Fear is a factor. Um, maybe people are scared um, for you or the person themselves are scared. Um, you know, and it's that, you know, here today and here again tomorrow. So you're just staying where you are. You're not actually moving. But, you know, back in ancient times, it was viewed that the world was flat, wasn't it? That's what people thought. They didn't realise it was spheric. So... You know, sailors wouldn't sail to the horizon as they didn't want to fall over the edge. And that was the viewpoint that was just, you know, but however, the the great explorers became great because they dared to sail over that what was considered the rim of the world and they didn't fall off it. And then they realized, okay, it's not flat. So the great thinkers, you know, thought to look beyond the limits of their own knowing, so to speak, you know, um, and as children, we all, we all had dreams, didn't we? Um, you wanted to be like uh, an astronaut or um, a rug, rugby player, soccer player, brain surgeon, whatever it was. And soccer was probably the one I went for. You know, that's what I was, you know, earliest memories, kicking ball around. And um, that's probably, you know, main thing I wanted to be. And I didn't think that was thought that at the time that was the only talent I had. It's anything I was good at now later on you kind of learn you have a lot more character traits that are good and positive but at the time that was your soul now didn't quite make it am i over my bitter and twisted stage um possibly no um but yeah we all had these dreams so but then when we do we're, we're met with the following things you know from a lot of the people including your family would be like oh look you know only a small number of people become astronauts or you know, for every professional soccer player, there's a thousand others who don't make it. So, as I said before, you know, sometimes it's done out of love by parents. So you do you want to protect the child. So if he doesn't fulfill his dream, he's not going to be like, you know, devastated. Um, and then from the other side, it could be out of jealousy from people who are jealous of the talent or jealous of other things. Um, you're smarts or you're academically that, you know, they're trying to shut you down because you know, they kind of don't want you to succeed. So that's the other flip of the coin. Um, but like, you know, we really need to kind of flip that mentality and, and, you know, why don't we switch it up a bit and just, why don't we just affirm their dream? Do you know, isn't, you know, why is that such a hard thing to think about? You know, why don't they encourage people, you know, encourage the children to practice their skills daily or study hard on sciences if they have an interest in medicine? So why don't we encourage them to live their dream kind of now rather than, 
you know, waiting. And sometimes, like, I didn't think I would be going ever, if you asked me even five, six years ago, that I'd be going into the, you know, the speaking and events and um, into podcasts and have my own business and, you know, there's 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 a journey you know initially when I was younger I thought it was one way and then all of a sudden I've gone on a different path and gone down the you know psychology life coaching that type of route which I was more science-based at university so it's just kind of about that journey you know maybe that dream might not happen your original dream so to speak but in the process of following the goal you actually end up finding another one so you know that can happen as well so you know, what we find is sometimes is, you know, people shut things down quite early without even looking at, you know, is there a way around it? So, you know, thinking like, oh, no, that's impossible. You can't do that. It's impossible. And now you have to kind of, you know, think sometimes, well, sometimes that can be possible. It's not as impossible as you think, you know. Um, and that word impossible is kind of like a bit of a dream buster, isn't it? Like, you know, um, it's like a conversation stopper. Like if you say, oh, I'd like to do this. Oh, that's impossible. You can't do that. So it just kind of just busts your dreams and your and your, your positive thoughts right there. And sometimes if you're not that strong-willed or, or strong personality, you can actually let that affect your decisions. So uh, we always had that girl or boy at school. Maybe it was you. Maybe it was someone. We always had that girl who was labelled a dreamer. Uh, you know the ones, oh, you know, that one's she's a you know she he or she is away with the fairies she's a bit of a dreamer um you know looking out the window there and but you know it's it's not it's it's not actually a bad thing you know it's not um it was seen as a negative thing however it's just it's the dreamers it's the daydreamers that actually ended up changing the way we live you know you know your your Steve Jobs, your Bransons, your your Zuckerbergs, etc. They're all dreamers. They all had a dream. They all had a vision, and they were probably labelled. Oh, this guy's and always on about. He's 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 saying all this type of stuff, um, and he has um, you know he's not going to do anything with his life type of thing. So, um, and it's actually you know the research in regards to neurosciences. Sometimes when you're not concentrating on anything in particular, that's when you can be the most creative. So even looking out of the window and not necessarily doing anything, that's when a lot of ideas and things come to you. Um, and that's, you know, the, the pathways in the brain. So that's, you know, that that's 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 actually been proven in, in, in research um, about it. So, you know, I find sometimes even me, I remember I was hoovering one day in the gym and I ended up, something came into my head about, and I ended up writing the introduction to my first event just and I had to run and write it down because my memory's not great. So, um, you know, they, they can come at the most, you know, you know, mundane time, so to speak, where you're not actually focusing on anything. Um, and that's where, you know, things happen. So being still and just being um, not really focusing on too much, you know, is not a bad thing. So don't really, you know, if someone's a dreamer, don't label them as a negative Okay, so, you know, the great inventions we use every day was dreamed by somebody. So somebody thought outside the box, outside the right realms of possibility. Do you know, nobody thought you'd ever go to the moon. And we did, do you know. So nobody thought you'd ever be able to fly, um, you know, an airplane, you know, fly people around the world. And we did. So, um, you know, these things that thought initially were impossible, um, 
you know are now seen as possible because they've been done so you know in the grand scheme of things you know planet earth is only a little small speck in like this ever expanding you know universe so um the point is really is like there's a list of things that were deemed impossible but now taken for granted you know that's pretty of an endless list really so sometimes the personal impossibilities limit our horizons in terms of our personal growth as well and, and achievements so the word how sometimes you know it does suck a bit of the positive energy out of us so so by that i mean you know how am i going to do it so if you if you you know i don't know wanted to start a blog or an online business or something so you say you know how am i going to do it how will i achieve my goals how will i succeed but what we're trying to do is not ask how but why so you've got a why to do it if you know the why the how will soon follow so try not to think what i mean by that is so try not to think of all the barriers and the logistics and the obstacles of how you're going to do something know what you're going to do have that why uh, have that goal focus on why you're doing it and what you want to achieve and how that's going to change your life the rest of the things that might seem initially would be your knee-jerk reaction is how am I going to do this can't afford it can't get the time off all these things will pop up and that's the part of the brain was trying to keep you safe and doesn't want you to take risks so um you know so the the other logistics of it you know you'll be able to work out down the line so don't worry too much about that it's more about what you know why am I going to do it don't worry about how you'll work it out there's always a way so don't worry too much about that okay um just I'll ask you a little question, couple of questions now. So if you've got a piece of paper or just think about it in your own head, are there any ways in which you hold yourselves back or or set limits that keep you restricted in your life? Okay. So um, the way you can think about this is, is, you know, I hold myself back when I, and then you can fill in the blank there. So do you feel you hold yourself back at all? when I maybe it's negative self-talk or when I don't go through on on my thoughts um so that's the first one I hold myself back when I and then you can fill in the rest and then the second part would be if I didn't hold myself back I might so that kind of makes it okay if I didn't do those things what can I achieve okay so if I didn't hold myself back I might and then you can fill in the rest so the first one was I hold myself back when I, and then you'll have a reason then. And then second part, if I didn't hold myself back, I might be, you know, whatever it is, you might be able to achieve what you want to achieve. So um, a great quote by Eckhart Tolle, 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 I don't know how it's pronounced, Tolle. Um, the good news is that you can free yourself from the mind. This is the only true liberation. So I like that. The good news is you can free yourself from the mind this is only this is the only true liberation and what we need to do to do that to 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 make those changes and not to feel yourself like a caged bird is to challenge your thinking okay so um you know you've heard the analogy sticks and stones will break my bones but names will never hurt me let's change the word names with thoughts so sticks and stones may break my bones but thoughts will never hurt me Sticks and stones may break my bones, but thoughts will never hurt me. Just think about that for uh, for the next minute or so. Just that, just that um, statement there. That thoughts will never hurt me. So that's quite powerful because thoughts do hurt us, and 
these are thoughts we're having that can can lead to a stressful response make us sad stuff we're holding on to from the past and we're living in the past um and you know what's stopping us is we're feeling like we've we've either missed something or lost out on something that can't be changed or as then we're now stressing about the future events okay will I be happy and, and this type of stuff rather than living in the present but negative thoughts and interpretations they're kind of demoralizing to us aren't they and they can rise the feelings of that dejection disappointment and shame and and it can lead us to like oh, okay I'm packing it all in I can't be bothered that's it I've had enough I'm gone <laughs> we've all done that I've done that probably numerous times over the last couple of years now I'm done I've had enough it's not working out you know I can't do this and then you know you just shake it off and you, you you know, the the next day you might be, um, you know, you you wake up and you know actually no, you know I'm going to be positive. I can you know got some good feedback. Um, you know, <clears throat> so you kind of talk yourself out of it. But you know we've all done that. You know we've all been packing it in at some stage. So we need to kind of give time to thinking about thinking. If you're looking at like a self fulfilling prophecy, I suppose. So we need to give time to think about thinking. So that's massive and, and people think um people think that their thoughts are my thoughts and i can't do anything about them don't they they're just my thoughts i can't change them i can't do anything about them um it's true you can't do anything about thoughts coming in um but you can do things about how you process those thoughts and how you let them control you so i'm just going to do a little exercise with you okay so so I want you to visualize, I want you to visualize a lemon, and a bright yellow ripe lemon with a bit of condensation kind of falling down the side of the lemon. It's cold, it's um, fully ripe, glistening, really bright yellow color. Um, and now I want you to visualize putting the lemon onto a chopping board. Okay, so I want you to really visualize this happening right now. So you've got the ripe lemon, you've put it onto the chopping board. You're getting a nice sharp knife and you're cutting into the lemon, okay? So again, as soon as you cut in, you can smell those citric um, aromas are coming through. Um, you kind of cut the lemon up into segments. You get one of the segments and you pick it up Again, the condensation is dripping uh, th over it. It's um, really juicy lemon, nice and ripe. And then I want you to take that segment of lemon, bring it up towards your mouth. I want you to take a big bite of the lemon. I want you to do that now in your mind. Go, take a big bite. Okay, how was that? <laughs> so when I've done this in seminars and workshops, this little exercise, you can actually see people sometimes kind of their mouth kind of getting that bitterness that kind of wincing a little bit because they've literally if they've done it right you know visualize everything I just said and then they're nearly your brain is nearly thinking that they're actually this is for real and they're actually doing it so you get that kind of little bit of a, a shock and that little taste and that bitterness when you bite into the lemon and that's literally is just a visualization thought exercise that I've just done with you and that can how how real can that can actually become and there are any words you haven't got the lemon in front of you it's just something you put into your mind so it's pretty amazing what you can do and it just shows you an example of how you can you know um 
the mind can be tricked into thinking something is real when it's actually not. So not only you know can you change the way you think, um, as a result you can change how you feel and then behave. So that's that's pretty amazing. So just to try and make yourself more aware of your thinking. And that's all about self-awareness, isn't it? And that's the key is to be aware of your thinking and be aware that it's not all you know, 100% true in fact, and that can be changed. So looking at a couple of core principles here, guys. Number one is we feel what we feel because of the way we think. And thoughts, number two is thoughts are just thoughts, they're not facts. So what we find is, and kind of touching on uh, number one there, is we feel... Um, what we feel because of the way we think. So, you know, in cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, you've probably heard a lot about that. It relates how we feel and how we think. So it's kind of based on the fact that a way of thinking is not cast in stone. So, and it needs to be reviewed and kind of challenged. So particularly when it keeps us stuck in a negative emotional state, okay? Um, So if we're stuck in that negative emotional state, we need to review our thinking and we need to challenge it and you know and realize that it's not just cast in stone and we don't have to live like this that's what cbt is kind of based around it's not what happens to us that affects how we feel and behave but it's our interpretation of it of what's happening to us that's you know um and you know i think it was in the william shakespeare um a quote where nothing is either good or bad but thinking makes it so so and that's important to remember it's our it's our interpretation it's our thoughts that make it happy or sad so it's the meaning that we attribute tribute it attribute to it <laughs> so i'm trying to say so it's the meaning um and uh yeah so i like that one from from shakespeare there is nothing either good or bad but thinking makes it so 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 i'll give you a little example so have you ever walked down the road walk down the street and you see somebody you know and they don't say hello, they don't salute you. Has that ever happened to you? And I think most people it has. I know I've done talks in schools and I've done talks um, in companies, you know, you get a lot of people nodding and uh, smiling. So you go down the road and you see somebody, you're like, oh, you know, how's it going? Or, you know, um, or you're just walking past them and they don't really react. They don't look at you or they look at you but don't say anything. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do to that person? You know, let's call her Mary. <laughs> okay, um, I don't know why. It was, well, I know Mary was out there last night, but um, I was sure we had a good time. I don't remember saying anything bad to her, but she just didn't say hello to me. She didn't acknowledge me there. So then you're going to go home. You're going to text your, your mate Laura and say, what's the crack? I was just in town there and... Um, saw Mary she didn't even say hello to me she didn't say anything she just walked past so you're starting to freak out a little bit about whether you said something or did something um and then you're you know having this this thought process is happening which is then leading to a little bit of worry and anxiety where you're starting to get a physical reaction you know you kind of get a bit sweaty your heart's racing a little bit and you're worried that you've done something to her and you're kind of freaking out um and then this could take you up this could you know engross your whole day or days or week until you see mary again and actually you know find out what what the reason was 
And, you know, there's another way to look at this situation because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, Mary could have just been having a bad day. She might not even, she might, you might think she had seen you, but she could have just been seeing a blur. She could have been, you know, stressed. She could be things going on. She could have been late for something. You know, she could have her own worries that day. And she was just, you know, in her own world. So the other way you could have dealt with that situation is, you know, once that happened, if you're walking down the street and she didn't acknowledge you, you'd be like, oh, maybe she didn't see me. I'll catch up with her again. And then you've just gone about your day and it hasn't affected you at all. Do you see the difference between the two examples? One, that you've gone home and you're texting everybody about how, you know, have I done something to Mary? And you're catastrophizing the thought process and all of a sudden, you know, you're freaking out and it's affecting you in a big way. Whereas you could have just avoided all that stress and hassle by saying, oh, she must have got her own stuff going on. She probably didn't even see me. Um, And you just carry on with your day. So it's the way we um, process that, you know, and the meaning we put to it. So just think about that that next time that happens because... Yes, there's a great word called uh, sonder. So S-O-N-D-R. And it's this profound feeling of realizing that everyone, including even just strangers that walk past you in the street, have lives as complex as ones as your own. So it's it's just to realize that, that, that there's a lot of people, people cut you up in traffic. It could be because they're really late to pick up their kids and you know, they could be having a bad day. So you might initially be like, you know, getting road rage and freaking out, but there could be a reason for it. So it's just to step back, stay calm and just realize that this person, you know, other people in the world have stresses and stuff going on and there's complex lives just as yours. So just to kind of keep that in mind. Um, but that's kind of a good example. And I think it re- resonated with a lot of people when I was talking about it. So that second point from earlier on, we had the two points. Second point was thoughts are just thoughts. And just think about that's what they are. So we generally think the thoughts are like facts and therefore we're not going to challenge them. Um, But what we end up doing is kind of feeding the negative thoughts, especially we give them power, so to speak, and we we let them grow. And that they they end up kind of influencing how we feel and and how we ultimately behave. Um, And if you break it down, like our thinking patterns are generally composed of three layers. Okay, so we'll go through the three layers. So layer one is our immediate or automatic thought that are so instant we're almost unaware of them. So that's your immediate reaction, okay? Level two is composed of the assumptions we make about ourselves and others and the world. So these assumptions that I'm sure we all make um, about other people before you even know the real reason and the world in general and ourselves as well. That's layer two. And layer three is a composed of our core beliefs, okay, about ourselves, others in the world. And these are generally, these core beliefs have generally been shaped for years and they're formed from a very early age. So that's kind of our, say, our, our, our generally kind of three layers of our thought processes. Um, now, distortions can occur in all of those three layers, you know, and that can lead to things like, a range of negative emotions including sadness and disappointment and anger and fear and a range of different behaviors like isolation and withdrawal and things it can actually be pretty serious and it can lead you to that chronic conditions where you can't get out of bed so very very important to get a hold of your thoughts guys um 
because of the you know the key the key role like thoughts play a key role in how we feel and and it's, it's very important they're open to challenging these thoughts and you know identifying any bad habits or those you know errors in our thinking that we've sometimes we've developed or we're unaware of them so to speak so um lots of different um thinking patterns a lot, lot of faulty patterns and um, we'll run through a few of them and the study's been performed on the thinking patterns of of people who experience symptoms of like anxiety and depression um and the studies found that the that people can think in ways that are very distorted and these errors have a significant impact um in behavior so um the 10 most common thinking errors and these might resonate with some of you i'll just run through some of them and they keep people these errors keep people stuck because of the negative emotions and behaviors that you know they maintain it because of how they're thinking like despair and low mood and low self-esteem and like hopelessness you know is is is, is down to some of these common thinking errors so we'll um um, but the good news is that we can now look at the look at the way we think. So we're being aware of this. So if any of these resonate with you, you know, that's a good thing because that's awareness. And you're like, OK, that's me. Um, is there a way I can kind of challenge this? OK, so um, we'll run through some of them. So number one is black and white thinking. So it's kind of all or nothing, really. Um, it's 100 percent or nothing, you know, black and white. So getting a B plus in exam, but all you can focus on is why you didn't get an A. Do you know, you feel like a failure, you know, because you didn't, but B plus is still a very good mark, you know, if you thought about it that way. So it's more focused on the failure of getting an A instead of, okay, yeah, I got B plus, that's very good. It's black and white, it's all or nothing. Okay, so number two, jumping to conclusions. So when you arrive at conclusions about people, um, people's attitude towards you or you interpret their behavior and it's without really any evidence to support you know I suppose your conclusion you know the way you've come to it you know you're you've jumped to it there's no evidence really but you know that's that's my conclusion on this person's attitude you know and, and that's I'm going to stick to it so it's that jumping to jumping the gun without really any evidence so that's jumping to conclusions Number three is minimization and magnification. So this is when you overestimate the significance of everything bad that happens to you and you minimize the significance of anything good that, that things that you experience. So again, we always focus on the bad, always focus on the negative. There could be, you know, nine really good things that's happened to you, but you won't focus on that. You'll focus on the one bad thing. Okay, so it's like getting all the, <coughs> excuse me, all the good reviews on facebook or good good comments and then that one bad comment from somebody you focus on because that you know that that, that kind of reinforces your sometimes lack of self-esteem because you you're going to jump to that rather than saying well that person and you know there's obviously they have their own issues that they're deflecting onto me that's nothing to do with me that's their problem you know i've got 99 percent good comments so um that's what i'm going to focus on so it's that minimization and magnification magnification of the bad and minimization of the good okay number four emotional reasoning so it's common thinking area error of relying on our feelings as evidence so it's like oh, i feel something therefore it must be true okay so it's kind of feelings as evidence so it's emotional reasoning number five mind reading we've all been there 
when you you're convinced you'll convince yourself that you know what other people are thinking you know i know exactly what they're thinking <laughs> and you usually assume that they're thinking negatively about you or judging you um you know even someone looking at you the wrong way oh they must be thinking they must be thinking i'm this or i'm i shouldn't be wearing what i'm wearing or you know you're you know you're mind reading them and they might even be looking at you at all so you know so you then turn this into fact in your head and then you respond likewise with your kind of guard up and generally um in attack mode kind of thing so that's the mind reading um you know negative thought process okay Number six is labeling. So your constant negative labeling of yourself. And I've been guilty of this in the past. I've got not got a great memory. So uh, I keep telling myself I'm stupid. Um, uh, you know, you know, you're an idiot and all this type of stuff. Now I'm better at it the last few years and I kind of stop myself. But the more you tell you, even though you know you're not stupid, the more you tell yourself, and that's the narrative and the story you're telling yourself, you're going to start to believe it. So, you know, something bad happens or you make a mistake and you, you know, you respond internally by labeling yourself a loser or stupid. So this labeling of yourself can be very detrimental to self-esteem and self-confidence. So if you if you do that a lot, really stop it and just flip and say, look, I'm not stupid. You know, my memory is not the best or my short term. So I'm going to write things down a bit more, get a bit more organization. And, um, you know, that's going to be my response rather than just labeling myself as stupid because i think i was listening to a podcast recently i don't know if it was lewis house or somebody but they were talking about they had an expert on and actually that negative self-talk um actually has can alter you know parts of parts of the brain so um you know it it is it is it is huge in how if you if you you know feed yourself with positive uh, thoughts has a has a positive effect on the brain so <clears throat> it can actually alter your your neurochemistry and you know neuros you know that's that's massive so just be careful about labeling yourself and, and be nice to yourself okay number seven is disqualifying or minimizing the positive so it's like the ah but error like you know ah but she didn't really mean i look good in that dress she only said it to me to be nice <laughs> you know you always had that <clears throat> you know oh um oh, you look lovely in that dress. And then you turn around, instead of saying, oh, thanks, in your own head, you're like, she's only just saying that. Um, she doesn't mean it at all. Like She's only saying it for show or something. Whereas you could, you know, she could be genuine about it. So it's, um, you know, just to be, you know, you've actually kind of batted that away. And that, that could have been a nice increase in your self-esteem there, but you, you didn't take that opportunity. So just be careful about that, about minimizing the positive and and. and batting away co uh, compliments when you could take them and they're actually you know, it could be genuine comment uh, compliments and you're like no no you don't believe it so uh, be careful of that one number eight is should statements they can be absolute as in should never or must always um you know leave little room for maneuver so i should do this or i must do that um you know that you know my home should always be neat and tidy otherwise i'm not a good mother do you know or i should never cry in front of others um you know that's that's that kind of should statements just be careful of the word should um you know uh, that can have a negative effect on you so just be mindful of that um number nine we're nearly there over generalization so it's kind of occurs when one bad thing happens to us and we draw far-reaching then conclusions from it so it's like one person let us down therefore we conclude nobody in this world can be trusted Do you know i've all been there as well um 
you know, it's it's that overgeneralization that everyone's going to be the same. Okay, so again, a negative thinking pattern. So just be careful of that. And number ten, self blaming. Okay, so you take responsibilities for things that are neither your fault nor your responsibility and that's big one and we all tend to blame ourselves or take the blame for things even though you know well that you didn't do anything wrong or that person probably knows well as well but you're taking the blame for it so you're taking that negative stress on so really try and work on that so self-blaming is not good not good for the mind at all so they're kind of the 10 um sort of negative thinking and patterns so some of them or maybe all of them or good few of them uh, maybe resonate with you so if you, they do just you know acknowledge what it is and just be aware that they are thoughts and they're patterns and you can you can flip them around so a little question for you uh, do you ever give up after one mistake is that person you or a setback <clears throat> you said no I'm done it wasn't for me I tried it but um, no, no, I'm going to go back here into the comfort zone. You know, you think there's no point in going on. Do you ever think that um, or do you ever think you have to achieve 100% or it's not worth it? And we talked about those, <clears throat> you know, minimizing and that black or white thinking 100% or nothing. It's not worth it if it's not 100%. <clears throat> so, if you, for example, you start an exercise program. You make one slip up, um, you make one sort of error on your nutrition, um, and then you give up because you think, oh, I've just wasted everything. Or in the grand scheme of things, that little slip you had or that cookie you had or that ice cream, that's not actually in the grand scheme is going to do very much at all. So it's all about consistency over time, but you've had that, you know, black or white thinking, I made one slip up, so this, you know, I failed. (coughs) Excuse me, I failed at... um, of, of starting an exercise regime because I missed the session or I um, ate something bad, you know. So the correct response would be that it's no problem, you know. I'll just work harder now in the next session. Um, I'll work extra. I'll go maybe try and get an extra class in or an extra session with a PT or an, or go for a run or just get something extra on top of your normal routine um, rather than beating yourself up about it and giving up. So... Again, just need to be to, to be mindful of that. And um, these thinking errors that we, we mentioned, they're just errors and they really can be corrected. So <clears throat> we're going to do a little bit of, and you might say, okay, how can I, how can I work on them? You know, what can I do? What steps can I follow? So this is going to give you the um, answer to that. It's called the BRIGHT method, B-R-I-G-H-T, BRIGHT. So we'll start with the letter B. So step one. Become aware of any changes in your mood. Okay, so as we talked about earlier, we feel the way we feel because of the way we think. Therefore, so if you notice any kind of change in your feelings, so it could be a signal to us to take a look at the thinking and say, okay, what's going on here? So just that awareness of any mood changes, if you start feeling down, that's that's resulted probably from a thought you had that could be yesterday, it could be this morning. <clears throat> okay, so... It just gives you a signal if your mood changes and, and you're aware of it. Let's have a look at it. Let's have a look at what's going on. So becoming aware is step one. So sometimes you get that sinking feeling in your tummy or a tightness in your throat or something. So just ask yourself the question, very simple, what am I feeling right now? 
and just write them down have have a <clears throat> have a pad have a book with you okay what am i feeling right now and then write them down it's just the awareness is number 1 r stands for review what has been happening in your life so that's step 2 so sometimes when we have a strong feeling it can be so powerful it makes it very hard to make any sense of uh, where it came from so you know do these feelings I've identified make sense in terms of what's happening in my life right now okay so do they make sense so just make you need to just review what's been happening what's been going on in my life at the minute is there a stressful time is there a lot of stuff going on externally that I have to deal with okay so re- rewind the tape so to speak so you might be able to find a link do you know whether it could be for example a change in mood could have arrived due to a negative comment maybe someone some some somebody said something to you at a party or a night out and you haven't really processed it it could be a couple of days later whatever or it could be stewing inside you that's made you had this feeling of despair or down or low self-esteem um and then when you review and rewind the tape like oh there you go that's where it happened that's where it started from so you're making a connection and write that down in your journal okay so it's reviewing that's step two step three is for i so i stands for identify your thoughts that are linked to your feelings this step could take some time so it can be difficult sometimes to unravel thoughts backwards um, you could try and consider what you were thinking before you notice a change in your feelings type of thing. Um, you know, so that could be something. It's just identify the thoughts um, and kind of link them to your feelings, okay? Um, number four, step four would be give yourself some distance. So take time out. Take a time out for a minute or two. Imagine um, walking a circle around the thoughts you've just written down. Um, So you've got your thoughts on your journal or your piece of paper and just imagine yourself just walking around the thoughts. So you're observing the thoughts as you're walking around. So there's no judgment. You're just walking and observing and giving yourself some distance from what's going going on in your head. So it's that taking a bit of time out. There's a lot of it's a really powerful that you can just take yourself out of the situation for a little bit. And just imagine I'm walking around this circle of thoughts and I'm just observing with no judgment. Step number four, give yourself some distance. Okay, that's important. Step five is holding court. Okay, so that's that's what H stands for. So step four, the G was give yourself some distance. Step five is H is stands for holding court. So now that we kind of observing these thoughts, we now need to interrogate them as if you're in court. So if you're the prosecution in a court of law type of thing. So examine each one thoroughly and you're going to look for any evidence or distortions or errors in those thoughts. And just check if any of those your thoughts match the common thinking errors that we listed. You know those ten thinking errors that we listed. Check if any of those thoughts match those ones listed on those. Um, you know what we what we said before um, when we talked about the ten most common thinking errors. And if they do match one of those or two of those or three of those, okay, you can now 
um, you know, once you've listed them, you can ask then kind of the following questions then. So when you've examined the thought like this and identify any thinking errors, for example, your friend didn't contact you for two weeks and you automatically thought they probably don't want to hang around with you anymore. That can happen. You might not have heard from someone for a while and then you're like, oh, geez, they don't like me anymore and they don't want to hang around with me. I must be a horrible person, Do you know. There's a lot of evidence if you're holding court to disprove that thought. Do you know what I mean? You know, you, you can then name them and then name the thinking error. So you're kind of overgeneralizing there. So that's the thinking error, overgeneralization. So just link it to those errors um, and just think that you're in court and you're, you know, you're just examining the errors and you know, all the evidence points towards not the fact that you're horrible, they don't like you, is, you know, that's an overgeneralization. They just might be busy and they, um, I'm sure they'll contact you soon. So that's kind of step five. Step six is T, which is the last letter. Take each faulty or distorted thoughts you have identified and search for a more realistic, balanced explanation. As I said earlier, you, 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 you're taking the thought that you had and then okay this is more realistic answer explanation you know it's not true that I'm horrible because there's many people in my life who really like me you know I have lots of friends my family like me I think um lots of friends um you know socially you know I, I have a lot going on so it's not true that I'm a horrible person even though you can label yourself that when you actually hold court you can say and then when you're actually balancing it and taking each distorted thought at a time, you realize you're not that person because there's a lot of people in my life that like me, so I mustn't be all bad. Um, and then you can say, okay, my I know my friend cares about me, but she's so busy with her coursework for college, she obviously can't um, contact me as much. So you've just stopped yourself from from really getting yourself into a you know an anxious or worried state by by going through these steps um you know the whole bright methods if you forget about it you can listen to the end of the podcast or just think bright okay and work your way through the different ones then okay so <clears throat> excuse me just to run through those again the bright methods are one to become aware the b stands for becoming aware of any changes in your mood step two review what is being happening in your life um what's going on in your life externally um that could be having an effect on your thought process step three um, I stands for identify your thoughts that are linked to your feelings. Okay. <clears throat> uh, step four is give yourself some distance. That's the G. Step out of the situation and observe. Step five is hold court. Examine these distorted uh, thinking errors um, and see if they're linked to um, those thoughts are linked to, to those errors listed one to ten earlier on. And then number six, the T stands for um, take each distorted thought you've identified and then give a more or search for more realistic, balanced explanation for them. So I hope that helps. So what I'm going to do is I mentioned it briefly at the beginning. We're going to do a little exercise. Uh, you don't have to do it. You can do it. I've done it with um, some some students before. Um, in my release your inner brilliance workshop or or class that I did it in in the night college there locally, and it was called write yourself a letter. So 
it's a really powerful exercise and I'll just run through it there so what I want you to do is write a letter type it out on a computer um, you can put today's date on it your address etc and what I want you to do the exercise is based around I want you to write the letter from yourself dated one year from today so this is a letter from yourself so from you but it's dated for example this is going out on the 17th of august 2019 so if you did it today it'd be the 17th of august 2020 so now i want you to so one year from today you have practiced the 365 days of your whatever goals you have healthy living wellness so um i want you to write the letter in a certain way though okay so i want you to kind of write it in a way that you know these things or these dreams or these aspirations have already happened so i want you to write the letter so in a year's time you have completed a b c and d so i'll give an example so dear and you put your first name so dear michael Congratulations on sticking with your weight reduction program. Your commitment to living perfect health has resulted in many gains in your life. Okay, you're confident, peace of mind, and you live at your ideal weight and best possible health because you and you, you, you carry on like that. So you're writing as if the things you've listed have already happened. Okay, in active positive language. So negative words like didn't, don't, should, shouldn't, try, fail they're not going to appear in the letter okay <laughs> so I will try is basically just a polite way of saying I will fail <laughs> okay so don't I will try you're writing this letter like you've actually done it okay so these have already happened so you're just talking to yourself in a year's time congratulating yourself for all the things you've done and you've and you've um, succeeded in and completed in those 365 days okay so you know what we need to do is you know it doesn't have to matter to be a really long letter it could just be listed okay well done um mary on completing that 10k that you're looking to do uh, you've learned a little new language you've saved um you know two percent ten percent of your um your salary this year um you've you know got that promotion so all these things that you'd like to have done in the next year, but write them in the in the, the tense where you've completed them. Okay, write a letter to yourself. Um, you can either pop it in an envelope. You can write your address on it and give it to somebody. It could be a friend, relative who are going to post it to you in a year's time. So I did this with my um, students I was teaching um, in the uh, local college there when I did a, um, a kind of a wellness nine-week course, um, a wellness class, really showing a brilliance, and we did this, and I posted all the letters back then in a year's time. So they might have forgotten about them, you know, and then they comes in, and then they can have a, have a look at it and see um, what things have, have, have come true. Um, but it's quite powerful because you're actually you're visualizing things that have actually happened and that and that's really important not just financially but in all areas of your life just as visualize like you have it you have it already and that can be a pretty powerful exercise so try it write a letter to yourself and see how you get on 
you know, if you want to give them to me, send them to me and I'll post them out to you. You don't have to put any postage. I'll sort that out and I'll post them out to you in a year's time, I promise. Um, and yeah, it's a really good exercise, powerful one. Okay, I'm just going to finish with a quote and then I'm done. I think I've probably gone over again. So again, back to good old Eckhart Tolle. Um, a nice quote to finish. I am not my thoughts, emotions, sense, perceptions and experiences. I am not the content of my life. I am life. I am the space in which all things happens. I am consciousness. I am the now. I am. Okay, pretty powerful. So thanks for listening, guys. Um, and don't, as I said, don't worry about being a dreamer. A lot of magic can happen from that. So hope you got a lot from the podcast. If you did, it'd be great if you could share it, send it, comment it, tag yourself, share it on your stories. I'll always answer you and I'll always um, post um great to get a rating on apple Podcasts if you can um apparently it's been trending in kerry um which is great uh, i've never trended before so <laughs> there you go um let's get it trending um a little bit more nationwide it'd be super so really appreciate the feedback and have an amazing week and let's get in control of those thoughts guys okay onwards and upwards pushing forward every day okay guys Look after yourself. Take care. Bye-bye.